one, one. Yeah, but be careful. Be careful. It's too loud, I think. Just, is this loud for you? One, two, three, four, one, two. It sounds very loud to me. Now, maybe it isn't too loud for you. Huh? What did you say? Are we on yet? Machines on? Oh, recording. Okay. Well, good afternoon, ladies and Linda Roberts. First of all, it's so good to see you. We're beginning, what is this, the third year? Third, third or fourth year of the pearls, God's pearls. And we're so glad to be able to host this meeting to share with you all the word of God, to give you an opportunity after our sharing to just share at the table and be led by the Spirit as he ministers to you. And so this morning we're beginning a new series called The Gifts of the Spirit. And probably all of you have at least heard about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, we're not going to talk today about the particular gifts in and of themselves, but we're going to talk about just an overview or a general understanding of the purpose of the gifts. Because if we know what the purpose of something is, if we know the significance of something, that normally motivates us to listen, to do, etc. How many of you have had children and you want them to do something and what's the famous question? Why? And so you hope that your answer will motivate them. And if it doesn't motivate them, then you may just have to say, because when daddy comes home, <laughs> this is going to be what's going to be happening. And so all today is about is an overview of the gifts of the Spirit to give us a general understanding of what God's purpose is in giving the gifts. So if you have a Bible, and I did put it in our notes, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 11. And I know those of you who are watching by video or watching by whatever this is, audio, if you have your Bible open, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 11. And let me read these verses to us. <clears throat> and as I read them, I want you to be picking up the significance or the constant use of the word spirit. Listen for that word spirit, and it has to do with God's spirit. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, 
to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, what is the source of these gifts? If you were to read Ephesians 4, 8, Paul is speaking to the church in Ephesus, and he has just in the first three chapters given a basic outline of the significance of the church, the body of Christ. And then he turns in chapter 4, and he begins this way. He says, therefore, I a prisoner, therefore what? In relation to everything that I've said about the church, therefore I, a prisoner of the Lord, this isn't in your notes, beseech you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. And so he begins to talk about how to do that in humility and caring for one another. And then he transitions and he says this, when Jesus ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. When Jesus ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. So what we know is this. The gifts of the Spirit are the result of Jesus' ascension into heaven. Remember when he ascended into heaven in the last of the Gospels, we have Jesus ascending, going up. And when he goes into heaven, he takes his seat as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is enthroned. He is exalted. He is now the ruler over all the world. And so there is in heaven a heavenly man, the Lord Jesus Christ, who rules all of God's creation. So you remember what Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, all authority where? In heaven and on earth has been given unto me. And so when the apostle Paul says when Jesus ascended, he's talking about when Jesus leaves this earth, remember those 40 days of being with these men and women, he leaves the earth on the 40th day and he says, look, wait in Jerusalem, wait to receive the gift of the Father. Remember that? Wait. And so they all come into the upper room. And for 10 days, these about 120 men and women, disciples, men and women, 120 of them, are together every day coming into the upper room. We assume they're not living there, but maybe they came in at 9 o'clock in the morning and they stayed at 6 o'clock at night, however that worked. But every day they came in and they prayed and they worshiped God. They, they believe in Jesus because he's been raised from the dead. And they're waiting for something. What are they waiting for? They are waiting for God's gift to them. They're waiting for God's gift. And so you remember what Jesus says in Acts 1.8. What? Remain in Jerusalem. Why? In order to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, in the scripture that we read just a moment ago, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11, did you notice this? That the word spirit, the Holy Spirit, is referenced seven times in these verses. So he's prominent. The prominent person of God in these verses is the Holy Spirit. Why? Why? 
because this shows us that every gift that God gives to us comes from the Holy Spirit and is a manifestation of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. So let's make sure we're getting this. When we talk about, and I won't talk about it today in any detail, healings and miracles and tongues and interpretation and prophecy, those nine gifts, there are nine of them. Eric and Evan and Ronald, those three pastors are going to be speaking to you about the particular gifts themselves. But what is primary to understand is this, that each one of these gifts is a manifestation a revelation, a proof of the Holy Spirit's presence and of his power. So we begin to see what is the significance of these gifts. The significance is not primarily for me or for you. Although sometimes people would think that. We would put the emphasis on what we can have and what we're doing with the gifts. And that is an emphasis, but it's a secondary emphasis. The emphasis as with everything in our lives as believers in Jesus Christ, the emphasis is always God himself. Amen? Always God. And so when we see the gifts operating, when we see you functioning in one of the gifts or functioning in two of the gifts or we hear one of the gifts over there or we see one of the gifts being displayed over there in the church and what do we know we know that the holy spirit is among us empowering believers to do his will amen so it's a proof of the holy spirit's presence and so why do we have the Holy Spirit? And Romans 5, 5 says, For the love of God has been poured out in our lives, in our hearts, by the Spirit who has been given to us. And so, to be a saved person, to be a child of God, to be born again, whatever the terms you, we use, whatever biblical terms we use, a person has to have the Holy Spirit. We cannot be born into the kingdom of God except by the work and the move and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And so there's a church that Gene and I know and some good friends in Texas. And so they rarely ever use the word, are you saved? They will say this, do you have the spirit? It's the same thing. But you see, now to say, do you have the Spirit, changes the context a little bit from what you do to be saved to whom you have received by being saved. Does that make sense to you? The emphasis is, are you saved coming off a little bit about what you did or what you understood to do upon, do you have this particular gift, the gift of God's Spirit? And so every believer has the spirit. There's no such thing as being a saved person, a child of God, being born again and not having the Holy Spirit. You cannot be born again without the Holy Spirit. And so the spirit was given. Why was the spirit given? Listen to this verse in John chapter 7, verse 39, and it's in your notes. John chapter 7, verse 39, for those of you who are listening. The Spirit had not yet been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Remember what I said. 
he who ascended, and I'm going to try to move along in this, he who ascended, he who went up, gave gifts to men. And so when Jesus ascended into the heavens and when he assumed his throne, his rule upon the throne, he sent the Spirit. And so the giving of the Holy Spirit into my life, into your life, proves what? It proves that Jesus Christ has been exalted above every name, above every person, above every rule. So that's God's great purpose in giving the Spirit. The Spirit is given to us so that in my life and in your lives, the fact and the truth that God's own Son has come, has lived the sinless life, has gone to the cross to pay for the sin of his people, died and was buried, rose again, remain on earth for those 40 days ministering to his people and then ascended into heaven to assume the rulership of all the creation as a man. And giving the Holy Spirit proves that what Jesus did on the cross was God's love for you and for me. You see, because without the resurrection and then his ascension, we would not have the Holy Spirit and therefore we would not be saved. So the giving of the Spirit was God's declaration, his proof, his demonstration that Jesus is Lord of all. That's the primary purpose of God in giving the Spirit. So in God's people, the rule and the reign of his Son may be clearly seen and demonstrated in our lives, how I live my life, how you live your life, and how we live our lives among one another in the church. This is the purpose. So the Spirit was given to exalt the Lord Jesus in and through us. Listen to this verse in Acts 2, 33. 32 and 33, Acts 2, 32 and 33. This Peter is speaking and preaching, remember, on the day of Pentecost. Jesus, this Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. We were there, we saw it. Being therefore exalted, exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Spirit. So when Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father in the throne of glory, now he has the authority to send the Spirit as a demonstration that his name is exalted, that he is the king, that he is ruling and reigning. So because of that, Philippians 2, 9 through 11 is declared to be true. How do I know Philippians 2, 9 through 11 is true? Because we have the Holy Spirit. Remember what Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says. Wherefore also God has Highly what? Exalted him, who? Christ. And has given him a name above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. I missed something, wait. Wait, in the heavens and on the earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Holy Spirit in us manifests that. So that's the truth that God is after to display to us. 
But in that display, God, the Holy Spirit, gives gifts to his church. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is not the only place that we talk about for gifts. We have Romans chapter 12. <clears throat> we have 1 Peter you know, chapter 4. We have other places where the gifts of the Spirit are specified. But we're studying these particular nine gifts. And so what happens is this. Why should I want to participate and receive a gift from God to be used this way? Why? Well, I want to speak in tongues. Well, I want no. Because you see, every time one of the gifts is manifested, whether these gifts or the gifts in Romans 12 or in other places, every time these gifts are manifested, they prove to me, to one another, and to the world, although the world doesn't understand it, they prove what? That Jesus Christ is Lord. So what is the significance and the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit they have been given to us, certainly to minister to me personally, minister to you personally, certainly to minister to us as a corporate group, binding us together and maturing us and ministering to us and meeting our needs, certainly for that. But what's behind that purpose? Behind that purpose, God is showing that his son has redeemed his people and that his son is ruling and is going to return one day. So as we look at the gifts of the Spirit, as you go through them over the next several weeks under the leadership of one of the other three pastors, and as you listen to one or two of the ones that are being explained, keep this in your mind. That gift exalts Christ, manifests the exaltation of Christ. That gift is about Jesus being exalted. And let's be careful not to be like some believers. Oh, I don't want that gift. Which gift don't you want that God wants to give you to exalt his name? Which one? You see, we dare not do any of that. Or you may hear, oh, no, no, I don't believe the gifts are for the day. So what does that mean? That Jesus doesn't need to be exalted in me today? In these various areas? Of course not. The purpose of the gifts is to declare that Jesus has risen from the dead, that he is the risen, ruling, and returning Lord of glory. The purpose of the gifts, each one, individually and all of them collectively, show this and prove this, that Jesus is the risen, ruling, and returning son of glory. That's what they prove. And all of that together exalts the name of God the Father. So you remember in Philippians again, chapter 2, verses 3, 11, all of this is done so that to the praise of the honor of God, that God be glorified. Amen? He's raised to the right hand of God for the glory of God. So let's remember this on page 3 at the top. Let's remember this verse in 1 Corinthians 12, 11. Let me read it to you again. All these, all these what? These nine gifts. 
And by the way, not only these nine, but remember, but the other gifts which are distributed in the old, um, in the New Testament. You'll see other times this hospitality, this care. There's all kinds of other gifts. That these gifts whether these in Corinthians or in the other books of the New Testament, that all of these gifts are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So what does that mean? That means this. I am a child of God. How do I know I'm a child of God? I know I'm a child of God in a couple of different ways. First, I know that I'm a child of God because I remember I received Jesus as my Savior. I called upon the name of the Lord to forgive me. I recognize that Jesus died for paying for my sin, and I call upon him to receive this gift of forgiveness that he paid for. Amen? We're born again. But after that, how do I know I'm a child of God? After that, it is the presence and power and the work of the Holy Spirit in me, changing me to being every day, hopefully more and more, conformed to the image of God's own Son in the way I live, in my attitudes, in my thoughts, in my relationships. That's how I know I'm being conformed. I'm being moved toward the image of Christ day by day. Don't worry about what's happening over there. I, I'll go over there and we'll fix that in a moment. <clears throat> so do you understand? And I see the gifts functioning. And so what we're hoping in this church, because we're going to be speaking about 1 Corinthians on Sunday morning as we go back to it next week. We're hoping that the gifts of the Spirit, especially the ones in 1 Corinthians 12, will be revitalized and refocused and re-energized in this church so that the exaltation of Jesus may be more clearly manifested in this church. Do you see why the emphasis and what the emphasis is? So let's be sure to remember what God is doing is giving us the supreme opportunity. Every one of us in Christ has the gift of the Spirit. And we should want more and more gifts to declare the Lord more and more. How many of you are grandparents? Good night. Look at all these people. How many of us as grandparents are trying to figure out how to bless our grandchildren more and more? Isn't that one of the preoccupations of a grandparent? What can I do? What can I do? Oh, they're going to do Do you want this? Can I do that? Can we do that right? This is our life. God is the same way. So let us have open hearts to receive from our God what we would like our grandchildren to receive from us. Rather than say, no, thank you, Grandma. I don't need that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I don't want that one. But let's say this. Father, whatever it is you want to give me, what? I want. I want. I want. So let's give thanks for the supreme opportunity to declare to the world that his son is now risen, ruling, and will be returning as we make good use of the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? So take some time and share among yourselves what God would be sharing with you. Thank you so much.